Ayers on the Road, Parenting in a Modern World. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hey, parenting in a modern world. Is that a good thing or a bad thing that we're parenting in a modern world? Um, we asked a big audience of parents the other night if they thought it was harder today to raise children than it was a generation ago. And here is the results. 100% said yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, harder harder in some ways and easier in some ways. We can be in touch with our kids more than we than they did in those days. We and can track them. We can track them, absolutely. They can't get away from us if they have a cell phone. We can know where they are. <laughs> That's true. And there are some things that are easier, um, especially if you lived on a farm. You're all, um, you know... Uh, all together, I'm, and maybe that's what they meant by how much harder it is now. I mean, it really is a whole different world. In fact, p- parents so often say to us, you know, when we talk about methods and things to do, they said, you know, I was raised with no methods, and I turned out just fine. And yet, and that's true, but still, it, we have to realize it's a different world. We have to well, approach parenting in such a different way. We know what they meant because they told us. We asked them, and, and uh, what they mean is that uh, kids today are, you know, they're they're faced with vastly more options, many of which are not good options, and they are affected is the only word you can use by the Internet and by the media and by video games and by a peer culture that is really difficult at times. And, I, you know, I, frankly, I agree with him. I think there's never been a harder time in the history of the world to raise children. Now, I'm not saying it was easy. I'm not saying it was ever easy. But I just think there is, if you were to align all the things working against you 50 years ago and all the things working against you today, today's list would be a lot bigger. And, and you know the other thing, Linda? It used to be that this, the community, parents actually, when, when you and I were growing up, I think most parents considered the community in the neighborhood as an asset, almost a partner in raising kids. You know, we've got people around us, we've got community organizations, we've got neighbors who look out for each other, we've got, uh, you know, the community, and even, this sounds funny, but even to some degree, the media was sort of an asset in raising kids. I mean, because there wasn't near as much that was objectionable. There was no Internet. And parents could say, hey, you know, the media will help me educate my kids. The neighbors will help me protect my kids. The community will rally around me. Now most parents sort of feel like they're surrounded by the enemy. They're surrounded by, by forces who want to undermine the very values that they're trying to teach their kids. I think that's so true. When you think of us watching Howdy Doody and the Mickey Mouse Club and Red Skelton and <laughs> Lawrence Welk and all those things when now we were little kids. Now you're telling people how old we really are. <laughs> um, it was it's just so different. I don't think, well, you know, the media was an enemy only in the sense that we watched television probably then more than we should have. And a lot of parents now are really restricting TV time, which we think is advisable. Well, the bottom line is, I mean, someone said to me the other day, why do you think there are, why is parenting such a big deal now? Why, why do we walk in these bookstores and there's like 
5,000 books on parenting. We never, it just gets back to what you were saying, Linda. You know, we didn't have all those in the generation ago, and we did fine with our kids. Well, I would suggest that the rise in the discussion of parenting, the books about parenting, the TV, the, you know, the talk shows about parenting, I would suggest the reason those are all increasing is to meet a greater and greater need. In other words, it's a tougher job now, and anytime something gets tougher, you can bet there will be people trying to help you solve it. There will be experts. There will be gurus who say, ah, here's the answer for you. The problem is, of course, that... <laughs> You can never standardize parenting. You can never say, oh, that guy is a parenting expert. Wait a minute. What, what, which kid is he an expert on? Because no two kids are alike. So true. You know, and speaking of um, the need for help now in this modern day and age, we had an exciting event at our house this weekend. Um, we had a retreat for mothers. It was sponsored by Power of Moms, which was started by our oldest daughter, Saren, and her friend, April Perry. And, wow, did we have fun with these women. I mean, it, it was job training for mothers, which so seldom is given to these poor dear mothers who are doing their very best. They can read books and so on, but everybody else that has a job, and it's more than a job, it's a career for the rest of your life, even if you have another career, there's just so little job training. They don't get to get away and think about it and think how to do better and how can we make this work and so on. And now, let me just repeat that for those of you who, who were only half listening. Um, <laughs> what, what Linda's saying, and I, I do find this wonderful, and they've now held several here at our home in Park City because it's, it's big enough to accommodate 100 or so women, and uh, they run it very much like a professional training or or a professional seminar for business or for investing or for public relations or any other thing you'd, you'd go to a conference or a seminar for. And so moms come together. And again, if this is intriguing you and you're listening, what you want to do after this show's over is go to powerofmoms.com and uh, you'll see a whole lot of things that are designed to help moms and by the way, these are not so much parenting things. This is not come on to this seminar and learn all these things about how to raise kids. This is, this is it's well named. This is the power of moms. We're talking about you, the mom, and what do you need to do to keep your sanity and to, you know, feel better about yourself and balance your life and handle all the demands that are on you as a mom in today's world. And, um, I think, I mean, I know, because we were, we were there watching, we, we participated, Linda and I, but it was mainly uh, young parents telling, you know, working with each other, and particularly our daughter, Saren. But, but, uh, but I watched it, and I can tell you, these moms went away full to the brim with a new appreciation of the importance of their roles and with some really, really good ideas about how to make it more, how can I say it, how to make it less drudgery and more joy in, in the whole business of being a mom and being in the home and running a household and being a homemaker, you know. Now, there's a term we, I think one tragic thing is that, uh, you know, nobody wants to say uh, in answer to the question, well, what do you do? 
for some reason, no one really was, well, I'm a homemaker. I mean, that puts in your mind visions of someone who's sort of chained to the hearth and doesn't get out much and spends all her time wiping runny noses and so on. And in fact, the homemaker is, in C.S. Lewis's words, the ultimate career and the career for which all other careers exist. Absolutely. And, you know, since we've just done Mother's Day, it was a fun weekend to do that because it was a nice gift for a lot of husbands to send their wives away for a day uh, to really do some job training. But I have to laugh at you when you say that because what you love to do when people ask you what you do is say that you are a homemaker, which is absolutely (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) And boy, do I get some funny looks, you know, I'll be at a party or a business gathering or something and someone will what do you do uh, i'm a homemaker man they give me a double take they hadn't hadn't occurred to them that maybe a man could be a homemaker and the fact is we're all homemakers if we have kids we absolutely are so anyway and, and i must say you did add a lot we in the morning they really talked about how to take care of the person inside of the mom and lots of ideas to do that and then in the afternoon we did some uh systems some family systems and saren you know, honey, how fun it is to see your children take the baton and run past you. It's so <laughs> fun. Are you it. kidding? It's so fun to see your kids and know absolutely without any doubt about it that they're better parents than you were at that stage of life. And, uh, man, that that's the reward. Someone asked us not long ago, if you remember, Linda, how do you know if you're doing a good job as a parent? And the answer is you really don't know. <laughs> For a long time, when, when you start realizing you've done okay, is when your kids become parents, and you say, "Wow, they're doing a lot better than I did at that stage." Yeah, and not only parents but leaders. I mean, this Sarah is quite incredible. She's got her dad's gift of gab and uh, gift of wisdom, and oh, she really does a great job. Well, you like chatting a lot, too. But anyway, it really was fun to see these women. And and what I think is these women that come are ready. They're deliberate mothers already. They, they need some um, direction in some cases. But in a lot of cases, they're so bright and so sharp that they pass ideas on to each other. They had a lot of small group sessions. They gave them topics, and of course, the ages of their kids and they just went for it and I, a lot of them could do their own uh, retreats and actually a lot of them are Saren's training them and April as well training them to do their own retreats so that's a whole new um, era for mothering exactly that, and, and you know again um, we're not going to try to review everything that went on at this conference because the conference lasted all day in fact it lasted a day and a half but I do invite you, and I'm sure you'd second this invitation, Linda, to uh, not now. We don't want you to quit listening to the radio show. But when we're done here in 15 or 20 minutes, we'd really invite you to go online and go to powerofmoms.com. And there's a lot of stuff on there. There's a kind of a review of what they teach in these seminars. There's even, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Linda, but I think they have a virtual, what they call a virtual seminar, where you can actually basically go to the motherhood seminar online 
and uh, pick up a, a lot of the good ideas that come out of these. Things. Oh, absolutely. They filmed the first one that we had here, and it was so fun. But now they have it on video, and so that if you can't get here, and we had people from Michigan and Washington and all over the place, and and if you can't afford that or you can't afford the time, you just want to do it on your own time, those virtual retreats are just fabulous. I think they do it in little chunks and so that you can do it according to when you have time. Well, and one of the great things, I mean, what I took a lot of heart in the other day is that here's here's moms who are busy. I mean, the last thing most moms, especially stay-at-home moms or moms with young kids, whether they have a career or whether the home's their career, the last thing most of them need is an all-day seminar, a day-and-a-half seminar to take out of their already busy schedule. But what I what I found wonderful is watching the faces of moms who were feeling empowered. I mean, that that's why yeah. I think it's well-named, because you're talking about how do I do it and still have time for myself, and what are the things I should be doing for me one of the nice analogies that that was used is the, uh, you know, when you're on a on an airplane and and uh, the oxygen masks drop down, you're always told what, take care of yourself first, get the oxygen to yourself first, and then help your child, and that's a pretty good metaphor for this whole thing. Of if you're going to be a good mom or a good dad. You know, don't neglect yourself because the minute you do, there's not much there to give to your children. Take care of yourself, and then you're better at taking care of your kids. Absolutely true. So we'll take a quick break now, and when we come back, we will have some fun things to tell you. We hope all you mothers had a wonderful Mother's Day, and uh, we will be back soon. And here we are back. I don't know if everyone gets the same advertisements, but that that was pretty cute, and Linda about save your money. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Don't count on an inheritance coming to you or winning the lottery because it ain't going to happen. You know, in fact, we could take off on that because we were just talking yesterday about um, to our accountant, and he was saying he didn't he didn't find too many people that have our method for inheritance for our children. Well, I think we're going to do a whole show on that. In fact, why don't we decide right now on air with all these listeners as our witnesses that uh, next week's show will be on family finances because we do have a few ideas on that that we want to share with you. So let's let's do that next week. Um, all right. So back to being on the road. Um, we... <laughs> have covered the Wasatch Front this um, this week. Next week we are going to be off to a lot of uh, further lands away. We're taking off for the <laughs> Czech Republic where we have a speech and then Poland and then Sweden and then we're meeting our cute little London family in Paris. So, man, do we have a lot of, I don't know what you call it, air time or road air. time. We'll yeah. have to call it Ires in the air next week, but... Uh, you know, there are parents over there in those places, too, believe it or not. There are parents in Prague, there are parents in Paris, and there are parents in Stockholm. And uh, we love speaking to parents in other countries because um, you learn right away that uh, whatever you may have that is a difference between you and that, that mom in uh, Czechoslovakia or whatever, you have so much in common with her if she's... If she's a mom and you're a mom, and uh, 
That's the thing that cuts across. That's that's probably why the world won't blow itself up, Linda, is there is enough people who care about their kids. That's probably the only thing that's saving this crazy world of ours is parents who care about their kids. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And um, mothers, particularly, who care about their kids. I had the coolest quote, but I don't know if I can get my hands on it right now, but um, soon we will because it really is so crucial that we do this parenting right while we have our kids. And, you know, as I was just writing this week about something, saying, you know, you can never get anything perfect. You can always look back and say, oh, man, even when you're building a house or remodeling a house, why didn't I think of this? Why didn't I think of that? Or I can't just do that quite right. Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I see that coming? And I think you can never do it exactly right, but it really is amazing what you can do if you think about what you want for your family in the future and then work toward it. Well, you know, another thing we did this past week, speaking of being on the road, is we drove not too far up the road to uh, Kaysville, Utah, and we were able to speak to a wonderful, and I mean a wonderful group of women. I I often find myself as the thorn among the roses, you know, the only guy in this sea of beautiful moms, and uh, I quite enjoy it, to be candid. But we had this wonderful group of maybe four or five hundred moms up in Kaysville, and we had the chance. They 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 looked on our website, I guess, and they picked out their own theme, their own uh, topic, and they said, "Would you come up and speak to us about spiritual serendipity?" And whenever anyone says that to me, I say yes because that is my favorite word. And <laughs> Linda gets dragged along whether she likes it or not when it's on serendipity. Well, I've been well taught. It really does. Linda, make a Linda, Linda knows life. more about it than I do now. But I was sort of the first convert in the family. To <laughs> no, I don't know more about it than you. But it really is fun to think about that word. Why don't you give them a little, um, a little synopsis of what serendipity is about, and then I'll add to that. All right, I'll summarize my hour and a half presentation in Kaysville down to five minutes here on the air or less. <laughs> because it's really a simple concept. I mean, serendipity basically means that you you develop a state of mind whereby instead of always trying to control everything and get something checked off your list or alternatively just always trying to survive and make it through another day and so on, instead you start thinking serendipitously, which basically means you watch you're aware, you make yourself more aware, and you try to notice not only the beauty around you and so on, but the needs around you. You try to see beyond the obvious. You try to see what's really going on. And serendipity means that you develop that state of mind where you're willing to shift gears. You're willing to drop what you're doing if a child has a need that's greater. And we even um, created a... uh, uh, a new cliche, you know, people always say, uh, never put off till tomorrow that which you can do today. And and we we like the more serendipitous phrase, always put off a put-offable in favor of a now or never. A lot of times with our kids, what we have is now or never. They want to they want us. They have a question. There's a teaching moment. They they want to play with something right now. And and 
and they're not going to take very kindly to it if we say, well, I'm a little busy, but I'll pencil you in for tomorrow at 3 p.m. It didn't work with kids. Kids are not your business. They're your kids. And so if you're a serendipitous parent, you think about it for a minute and you say, you know, I think doing this with you right now for the next five minutes is really more important than my big deal thing I was doing on my computer or on my iPad or on the telephone or whatever, and I'm going to look at you and be present with you, my child, and we're going to be serendipity here for a minute. And that, that I think, is sort of one of the huge hallmarks of a good parent is that they, whether they know the name for it or not, they've developed a kind of a spontaneous uh, living-in-the-moment attitude which makes their kids love them dearly, and it gives them quality time with these kids when they're willing to really be focused on the kid when the opportunity or the need comes up. So serendipity is a terrific quality to build into your parenting arsenal. I got that done pretty fast there, Linda. That was faster than you thought. Man, that was quite amazing. I think you set the phone down. You thought I was going to drone on for like <laughs> 10 minutes, right? That was pretty good synopsis. So um, what I have to add to that is that really every day there's serendipity in your life if you're looking for it. I mean, sometimes we call it the moments, but but what it really means is when you when something comes up that you don't expect, in, instead of ask, thinking of it as a disruption or interruption, Think of it as a great opportunity to do something else or be something else or, you know, um, enjoy whatever the crazy crisis is of the moment. If we think of it that way instead of, ah, here we go again, um, it really makes a big difference. Well, and it's usually when you think about it, I, I didn't even say this in Kaysville the other day, so you radio listeners are getting the, the added bonus of this thing I forgot to tell them, and that is that usually... Serendipity means you choose a relationship over an achievement. It usually means, because, see, we can't plan relationships the way we can achievements. We can make our little list every day. And I bet you some of you listeners were like I used to be. I've tried to avoid this for a number of years, but I used to be so married to my little list that if I happened to do anything that wasn't on the list, I went ahead and wrote it on the list just because, you know, I could then sort of, lie to myself and say, I see, I planned to do that, and now I did it, and now I can cross it off, which was sort of how I got my jollies. But, but what we're saying to you is that uh, usually the things on that list are, for want of a better word, they're things. They're, that's what they are. They're, they're achievements. They're things you're trying to do. They're, they're tasks you're trying to get done, and they're important. I'm not saying they're not. But they're not as important as the people you love who are around you. And it's a little harder to plan every single thing that's going to happen with a relationship because they're so spontaneous, especially children. A kid comes and says, hey, it's, the wind's blowing, let's go fly a kite. And it is. And it's, you do it now or you don't do it at all. Again, always put off the put-offable in favor of a now or never. And that's what serendipity is in parenting. Now, don't beat yourself up. I mean, no one can live a totally charmed, spontaneous life. There are things you have to do. And you can't run out and fly the kite when the dinner's in the oven and uh, it's going to burn if you leave. I'm I'm not trying to be a non-realist. I'm just saying 
there are many times when you can let your hair down a little and be a kid with your kids, be spontaneous, be serendipitous, and it not only fills up those kids' little coffers of self-esteem and, uh, gee, my mom or my dad really loves me, it also gives you a little moment of joy that's out of the ordinary day that you plan. See, instead of thinking a perfect day is when I check every little thing off my list, I think what we've got to say is, you know, that that's a boring day. That's a day when I had no surprises, I had no spontaneity, I had no sort of instinctive things I did for a person I loved as a relationship. And so I think a better definition of a perfect day is I did my best on my duties but I also found some time to relax a little with the people I love. You know, it's not only just children, too. I mean, it is nature. Um, you look out the door and see a gorgeous sunset, and, you know, it's just so easy to go, oh, i got so much to do, I can't look at that right now. You just, we've yeah, got exactly. in the habit of just stopping everything. If there's a gorgeous sunset, go out there and look at it and glory in it. And just for a few minutes, because that's as long as it lasts, and then go back. And so even if you had to, you know, delay something that was on your list, and actually we've tried to teach our kids this, and I was so proud of We've done pretty well on that one. one. Of our, yeah. They'll call us if there's a sunset and say, Dad, look at the sunset. And I'm like, son, uh, think about it. You're in New York. I don't think I can see the sunset <laughs> you're looking at. <laughs> but, but Shawnee, one of our daughters, um, did have a fun experience one day with one with her oldest boy who just who's fourteen and you know one of those teenage moments usually every day. But she said she was so thrilled because he called her one night when he was at his friend's house and said, "Mom, go out and look at the sunset. It is just spectacular." So. It is really fun when your kids kind of get it and they go out there. When I was at Shawnee's last, uh, about three weeks ago, um, she said, okay, everybody stop everything, come out here and look at this gorgeous sunset. And we all <laughs> ran out there and looked at the sunset. But you get the idea. That's sort of our symbol. I've never thought of it this way, Linda, but sunsets are sort of our symbol for serendipity. Like if you, hey, if you don't have, you know, 10 seconds to look at a sunset and appreciate it, then, brother, you ain't got no serendipity. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you know, we do want to say that we appreciate all those mothers out there who have done such a good job. I know some people hate Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, and yeah. They, you know, because they feel like they're not doing as well as they should or because they had, they didn't have a good mother themselves and they're trying to recover from that or whatever it is. But it is a nice day to just celebrate the fact that moms do make a difference in the world. and So we, we're retroactive. We know Mother's Day was last week, but we're, we're just saying to you, a little late, but happy Mother's Day and happy Mother's Week, which may be still going on for some of you. And I think we're out of time, Linda, but was, wasn't it fun to talk about parenting today? Don't we love to just sit back and talk about our kids and talk about parenting? We do, and we hope we'll join you, that you will join us again next week. Let us join you next week on Ayers on the Road. 